is the Electile Dysfunction Podcast with Ashton Cohen. So once again, the U.S. corporate news media has set its sights on annihilating the biggest threat to democracy. No, we're not talking about the Chinese Communist Party or Soros-funded district attorneys who refuse to prosecute crimes or activist judges who undermine the Constitution or deep state agencies who routinely violate the civil liberties of every American. This threat far more dangerous than all those combined. It comes in the form of a five foot eight stand-up comedian slash cage-fighting commentator whose humility and attempt at objectivity stands in direct contrast to virtually every person with a legacy media platform today. This menace goes by the name of Joe Rogan. <laughs> of course, effort to destroy Rogan, it's about much more than just him. The left-wing authoritarians in the media want Rogan deplatformed because taking down the most influential independent voice in the country will allow them to compel further obedience from you, the masses. The genesis for this latest media assault on Rogan stems from an otherwise irrelevant story where near-octogenarian musicians like Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, both of whom most people presume were already dead, gave Spotify an ultimatum to either remove their music or Rogan's podcast. Thereafter, in the biggest blow of all, Mary Trump, whose claim to fame is writing a critical book about her uncle, President Trump, announced she is removing her podcast from Spotify. Big blow. <laughs> in essence, two irrelevant former singers who have fan bases comprised of individuals who have I don't know, already surpassed the life expectancy of the average American and you know, barely listen to Spotify, and the world's most obnoxious niece, <laughs> Demand that Spotify remove the world's most famous podcaster, whose content is consumed by tens of millions of people, and in particular, millions of millennials and Gen Zers. This would be the equivalent of Senator Elizabeth Warren informing me that I must choose between being with her or Adriana Lima. Not much of a choice there. To any normal person, this would be a laughable proposition. Not even worthy of coverage, honestly, right? Nevertheless, the so-called mainstream media has elevated this otherwise irrelevant story to encourage more artists to pressure Spotify to axe Rogan. Even the White House has lent support to the movement. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki urged for even more censorship of Rogan and you know, other ideological dissidents on platforms like Spotify, an act, by the way, which violates Supreme Court precedent forbidding the government from using private actors to violate constitutional rights. So... Look, to a certain extent, the authoritarian left-wing suppression campaign against Rogan succeeding. Just today, the CEO of Spotify offered a pathetic, groveling statement apologizing to his employees for the impact caused by the incredibly hurtful comments Joe Rogan made. Predictably, the justification for censoring Rogan transitioned from stopping his spread of COVID misinformation to labeling him a racist. Right? That's how it always goes. It's the game, name of the game, as Abba would say. Of course, most people making the claim that he's a racist are wider than the average Air One grocery store customer. But we should all see this for what it is. It's left-wing authoritarians whose only form of pleasure is achieved through censorship trying to destroy Rogan because they can't allow him or others like him or future Rogans to have influence and defy the propaganda. They don't care if Rogan used the N-word. If they did, they wouldn't have been defending Joe Biden all this time, who not only has a history of saying the N-word, but making racist remarks, eulogizing a Klansman, sponsoring legislation which resulted in the destruction of black communities and families. Remember that? And so they're not coming after Rogan for spreading COVID misinformation. In fact, the biggest purveyors 
of false information about COVID are the very institutions and media entities and individuals who are demanding that Rogan be deplatformed. The Biden White House, Fauci, organizations like the New York Times and CNN, all have disseminated lies and falsehoods about virtually every single aspect about COVID, such as touting the effectiveness of lockdowns, claiming the Wuhan lab leak theory was a conspiracy, claiming the mRNA vaccines would prevent infection, claiming that the mRNA vaccines would prevent COVID transmission, misrepresenting the risk that COVID posed for children, stating that cloth masks were highly effective at preventing COVID, arguing that the Biden vaccine mandate was constitutional. This is all about control. You need to be silent if you dare defy the authoritarian left-wing narratives. A few days ago, CNN, the network that seemingly prides itself on disseminating exclusively fake news and hiring perverts, pedophiles, and sexual assaulters to deliver it to you, <laughs> dragged on one of its usual dullards, a guy by the name of Oliver Darcy, to discuss the Rogan controversy with a woman who goes by the name of Kat Rosenfield and the network's resident eunuch, Brian Stelcher. Sorry, I had to steal that from Tucker. It's too good. This is what they had to say. People who are listening to Joe Rogan's podcast don't necessarily believe it to be bad information. So uh, there was an analogy drawn between Doritos and Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, people know that Doritos are not necessarily good for them. Uh, that you're not going to find a nutritional expert who says, you know, you should eat a lot of Doritos. But there are a lot of people who listen to Joe Rogan's podcast who believe that he's actually the, the truth teller. They, they believe the opposite, that, that Joe Rogan is good for an informational diet. And I think that's what's so important is that the people who are listening to him don't believe it to be bad information. So it, it's difficult, I guess, for them to make that, uh, that choice, that good choice uh, uh, of uh, consuming information when they, they think that uh, the, the podcast hosting people with anti-vaccine rhetoric is really the, uh, the truth-telling podcast. Kat, you made the Doritos reference. I, I rather liked it. What do you say to Oliver? Um, I mean, I think that it just ultimately comes down to the question of how do you want to solve this? You know, and that's sort of where the analogy comes in. You know, here's people who, you know, they like something that we, you know, who consider ourselves more enlightened, don't think is good for them. Um, you know, we think that they're internalizing this misinformation, that they're using it to make bad decisions. Um, but if you took away Joe Rogan by deplatforming him, just as if you, you know, took away Doritos, it's, would they seek out better information? Would they seek out, you know, like a podcast? like New York Times, The Daily, or, you know, would they start reading the Wall Street Journal? I don't know. I, I think that that's sort of the fundamental question here. So it does seem like increasingly this is this completely alternative media ecosystem that has to be understood. And it's, it is that Rogan media ecosystem. And you're saying those listeners are not going to go over to some more, some, one of, you know, they're not going to read the Associated Press if Rogan disappears. So you're, I, I feel like what, Kat, you're saying is just taking a more realistic approach to this whack-a-mole of, of uh, bands. Yeah, you know, I, I just think that providing as much information as possible is, you know, in the hopes that it will eventually get to the people who need it, providing as much good information as possible is probably a better bet than trying to, you know, shut down somebody who's already got a massive popular platform, um, you know, from reaching the people who are going to seek him out no matter what. So essentially you have this Darcy guy who's about as insightful and perceptive as a P.F. Chang's fortune cookie. Lamenting the fact that the plebes who listen to Rogan erroneously believe that he is good for their, quote, informational diets. He explains it's difficult for the simpletons who listen to Joe Rogan to make that good choice of watching more sophisticated programming, presumably like CNN. Then you have uh, Rosenfield chime in, demonstrating the vapid left-wing elitist mindset, which currently dominates the corporate legacy media. 
She says, oh, you know, those of us who consider ourselves more enlightened don't think Joe Rogan's good for the plebs. And they're, they're internalizing this misinformation and using it to make bad decisions. To Rosenfield's credit, she did conclude that Rogan shouldn't be deplatformed, right? But that's only because the audience of Rogan, which is, again, 15 times bigger than CNN, will just follow him to another platform rather than switch to, again, more sophisticated programming, like the garbage they broadcast on CNN or NPR or printed on the New York Times. It's no 1619 project, that's for sure. However, it's CNN's Alison Morrow who gets the award for being the most sanctimonious smug douchebag of the week. Morrow took the opportunity to lecture Rogan, stating, We practice a thing called journalism, which involves vetting sources and speaking to a range of experts before putting their ideas on blast. HMU, if you want to know more, smiley face. Ah, uh, yes, journalism. That's what CNN's known for. It's like the incredible journalism they demonstrated when repeatedly circulating lies about Russiagate and the Steele dossier, the uh, Russian bounties on U.S. soldiers, Brett Kavanaugh being a gang rapist. Remember that? Kyle Rittenhouse, the Covington Catholic High School kids, the Justice Millett hoax, inflation, mostly peaceful protests in the summer of 2020, which resulted in the death of 25 people and caused $5 billion of property damage and destroyed people's lives. CNN is as good as journalism as the Como brothers are at being gentlemen, or Jeffrey Tubin is at not masturbating in front of people. Not very good. One has to wonder how the people who are like the least talented, least skilled, least discerning, least honest members of society develop this notion that they are the ultimate authorities on determining what is acceptable speech in this country. When that happened, where does the hubris come from? Why do these establishment media figures who have either lied or proven incorrect about virtually every major news event going back to the Iraq war get to decide the topics the rest of us are allowed to discuss? It would be problematic if someone like, I don't know, Elon Musk, objectively brilliant, astute, accomplished, if someone like him took it upon himself to define the acceptable parameters of speech in our society. Yet, we're dealing with the dumbest and most insecure people in society, not Musk's. And they get to dictate what the rest of us can talk about? The good news is the power and influence of the so-called mainstream media organizations is waning. They know it. It's becoming less relevant by the day. Americans from all sides of the political spectrum are tuning out these disingenuous media entities and turning to heterodox voices like Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, Glenn Greenwald, Cigar and Jetty, Crystal Ball, Barry Weiss, many others. That these people may not be correct all the time, but they're genuinely interested in arriving at the truth. They don't demand censorship of opposing views. And their track record, by the way, is much better than outfits like CNN or the New York Times or Washington Post. You know, we mentioned this in the first podcast. Throughout history, it's never been the good guys who have burned books or persecuted people for expressing controversial or contrarian ideas. So it really is incumbent upon all reasonable-minded people to speak out whenever they hear someone demand censorship of independent voices. It may have not seemed conceivable 10 years ago, but as of today, the most influential independent voice in this country is Joe Rogan. And for that reason, he must be supported against these attempts to censor him. If you enjoyed our show, please click subscribe to stay up to date with our YouTube channel and podcast, and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can keep delivering guys some great content. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.
We're going to talk about the issues that really matter. Our country, our economy, the Fed, QE, GDP, BTC, NFTs, AOC, the CCP, Cardi B, Ow. Yeezy, Yellow Socks, Iran, Joe Biden's dementia, Come on, man. and probably sex robots. We stand for a free and open debate and exchange of ideas. And if you disagree with anything we talk about, you are a racist and no better than Hitler. What? Let's get started.